Welcome to That's Awesome ID. My name is Leslie Early, and each week I will be speaking with a different guest and learning about one thing they think is awesome in the field of instructional design. Okay, today I am super excited because I have my friend Amy Patricic here with me. Thanks for joining me, Amy. Thanks for having me, Leslie. It's such a treat. Yes, it is a treat. And it's an extra special treat because we're actually going to do something a little bit different today. I'm turning over the reins. You are going to interview me uh, because that's sort of how we met is that you had, you're a very inquisitive person by nature. And so I thought if anyone's going to ask the good questions, it's going to be Amy. So (laughs) thank you for being here and agreeing to do kind of something a little different today. You're most welcome. So it's kind of funny how we met. I call you my new friend because you're like one of these, um, you know, 2020 is like the year of virtual friendships, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I thought that you just messaged me. I thought you were just like, I'm a go-getter. I'm just going to, you know, message you on LinkedIn and you're just going to ask me the questions you need to ask. And I just, that's how I remember it. But you, you seem to have a different recollection of how we first met. (laughs) Yes. So, um, late summer, early fall, we both attended, um, or participated in Learnapalooza, which is an online now online virtual conference, but is based out of Seattle, Washington, where I'm located. I was in an event where they were offering information about portfolio samples for instructional designers and how to build a portfolio. Mm -hmm. And Leslie was one of the participants, uh, or shall I say leaders? Oh, it's like a facilitator. Yeah. Facilitator. There we go. Of that, uh, session and the session went terribly wrong, not because (laughs) Leslie did anything wrong, but because technology just kept falling apart left and right. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. And you rolled with the punches so well that when that session was done, I thought if someone can roll with the punches this well, I need to like get to know this person and learn from them. And so then I did the cold reach out to LinkedIn and wanted to get to know you more. Yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) It feels like so long ago now, but I guess it wasn't really that long ago. Yeah, so that was um, for Learner Palooza, and we did that with Erica Zimmer, and I did those two. Were you in the morning session? Did you see the one that went well? I did not see the one that went well. I only (laughs) saw the one that went terrible. (laughs) Oh, good for you. (laughs) Yeah, the, the morning session went great. And then we were like super excited about this afternoon session. We had Mike Peacock, who was also a guest um, on this podcast. He was the one giving, giving um, the advice and yeah, it just, everything that could have possibly gone wrong sort of went wrong. Like it started late. Like we weren't even allowed in the room at first. We got booted from the meeting. Like we got Zoom shut down. (laughs) It's so true. I forgot. So clearly I blacked all of that out because I did not even remember. And you probably said in your message, oh, I attended the Learnapalooza, whatever. And I don't remember that at all. Yeah. It's understandable that you blocked that moment out. (laughs) Yeah. So I probably should back up a little bit though. So like you reached out to me because you had a lot of questions about the transition um, from education into instructional design. So mm-hmm. I just kind of want to, if you, if you want to take a couple minutes and talk about sort of where you are in that journey right now, or a little bit sure. about you. Yeah. Um, so I, like Leslie was initially a classroom teacher and, uh, have been making the transition into instructional design. I'm doing some work right now as a freelance instructional designer and also volunteering with design by humanity. 
I'm currently expanding my portfolio through classes with the ever-awesome Alexander Salas of eLearning Launch. And I'm currently taking um, the AR course through eLearning Launch with Betty Danowitz Mm -hmm. and the gamification course with Alex, building lots of really cool portfolio samples. Yes, and that's the way to do it. So I guess at this point, I'm just going to turn the reins over to you and you get to be the host of That's Awesome ID today. And and I will try to answer your questions as best I can, but this is new for me because I'm not <laughs> usually the one answering the questions. So. Yeah. Well, I'll start by saying, hi, my name's Amy Patricic and I'm today's host of That's Awesome ID. <laughs> and the guest I have with me here today is the Leslie Early. <laughs> oh, thank Leslie, you for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure. <laughs> Uh, one thing I'd love to know about you, which I don't actually know, Leslie, is what drew you into the field of instructional design in the first place? Oh, boy. Um, well, I mean, I, w- I was a teacher for quite a long time. And I guess the first inkling of when I sort, I didn't know it was called instructional de- design or that something called instructional design existed. But I really enjoyed using technology in my classroom. Like I taught a coding club where I was using Scratch from like MIT to teach Mm -hmm. coding and like code.org. So those were like online learning platforms, obviously geared towards children. But um, Mm -hmm. so that was really interesting. And also I started to integrate Khan Academy a lot into my classroom. Hmm. um, Can you say more about that? Have you, are you not familiar with Khan Academy? No. So it's Khan, K-H-A-N, Khan Academy. And it started off as just a YouTube channel. This guy was um, recording videos of himself explaining math concepts, I think, to one of his nieces. I think okay. that's the story. Don't, okay. don't quote me on that, but that, I think that's <laughs> okay. vaguely the story of how it started. So he was recording himself doing lectures about math concepts so that someone in his family could study math. And then it just sort of, his YouTube channel took off and then they got investors and they really, they created an entire website um, that's used internationally now. And they teach everything from math to science, history, you know, grammar, like all kinds of things. And I was really impressed because they have so much data analytics available for teachers or educators or parents, whoever has their student on using Khan Academy. Mm-hmm. So the, they have the curriculum and the students go through it and it's tracking their progress and it's telling you which benchmarks the student has already mastered and which ones they need to work on. And it's like Very recursive cool. and it like will spiral back on itself. And all of that is done huh. with AI. So that it takes a lot of the um, evaluation and all of that off of the teacher. Hmm. Like you, it's doing a lot of that work for you. Um, so I felt that to be really helpful to, for math. I use it specifically for math to reinforce math concepts in my classroom. Mm-hmm. Because that snapshot, just having my students, you know, 25 students go through the same lessons in Khan Academy, I get automatic data analytics coming back to me telling me, and then that's easier for me to group and make small groups because yeah. I'm like certain kids are good at this and some are not good at fractions and, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever the case may be. So it when I was still a teacher, I thought this is the future of education. This is where it should be going. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we aren't all doing this in some way, shape or form is like backwards, you know, yeah. because it's impossible for a human being, one single teacher to be able to do this 
And why would they when now we have the AI that can do it in an instant? Very so that, cool. This is a very long-winded answer, <laughs> sorry. But this, that yeah. was really when I first started thinking about it. And then um, I was in that classroom for two years and then uh, moved to Minnesota in 2017 and wasn't entirely sure I wanted to stay in the classroom. I was a little bit burnt out on teaching. Um, so I took a break. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I was in a law firm, believe it or not, just doing oh, like really? an administrative job. Yeah. I was a, okay. like a caseworker. Like I would help people um, apply for social security disability benefits. So mm -hmm. if anyone out there has questions <laughs> about the United States social security disability program, I can point you in the right direction or probably answer most of your questions because that's what, what I did for two years straight. <laughs> I know, I know. But while I was there, I was like, I need to figure out what my next move is. Hmm. And I, I found the edX instructional design micromasters program. And I was like, oh, this sounds sort of like what I was thinking about in the Khan Academy stuff. So I took that first and it's like, um, I want to say it's like a nine-month program, 10-month program. And when I got through that, I had a little portfolio started and I had a pretty good solid understanding of what instructional design was and knew for sure that yeah. that's where I needed to go and, and yeah. that it would use like all of my skill sets and it would be something that I would enjoy doing maybe for the rest of my life. I don't know. <laughs> it might change in 10 years. Who knows? Yeah. But for right now, it feels like something that I could do for a really long time. Yeah. So that's a very long answer to yeah. your question. <laughs> I would love just to show growth, but to see that like mini baby portfolio you had before grad school to the portfolio you have now, because you have such an exquisite portfolio in the here and now. I don't even know if it exists still. <laughs> I may have just started a new one. I may have it. Actually, I think I do have it. That's <laughs> that funny. Really interesting to look at like Leslie early instructional designer three years ago versus now. That's so funny. I'll have to go dig it up yeah. and see if I can find it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's keep going here. I'd love to know what skills you found that you needed to invest more time and energy into to gain the needed amount or the desired proficiency to become the level of instructional designer that you were wanting. So I think in that master's program, people ask me about it all the time. If, it, if I thought it was worth it, which is a hard question to answer because worth it is different for every, every person. For me, it was definitely worth it in that I learned a lot about the process and theory and I did end up building things, but I would build things in free or low cost resources, mm -hmm. um, such as is easy or, you know, different things like that. And so I, had courses to show, but by the time it was getting close for me to graduate, I didn't have a lot of experience in more practical applications like Storyline, Camtasia, mm -hmm. or even Captivate, um, because the program that I was in let you choose which tools you use. So okay. I think if I had to go back and do it differently, I would have learned those things a lot sooner. But I mean, it all worked out. I mean, it, at yeah. this point, it all worked out, there so it doesn't are. matter. Here I am. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would say the things that will get you hired is showing that you have proficiency um, 
with the process as well as with the tools. You can't just have one or the other. You have to have both. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that so. makes a lot of sense. I think that's a lot of my current work right now is continuing to gain skill sets and a variety of tools and having a portfolio that really showcases a variety of tools and thought processes. Uh, so what's, and maybe this uh, piggybacks off of that, but what's one thing you learned in your journey towards instructional design that really made all of the difference for you? Um, so I really do think, again, like maybe the master's program was like the bottom of the glacier. I mean, the iceberg, Ooh, you know, you see the analogies. I like you, it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they yeah. always show that like, you know, the bottom 90% is down mm -hmm. there and that's where all your theory and everything is. But I, I will say when I started taking these classes, like at e-learning launch, especially uh, the first one I took was the Camtasia one. Um, then that's like the surface level, you know, like the little piece sure. of the, the iceberg that's poking out that people can actually see. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, once I started posting these videos on LinkedIn, uh, I, I started getting so much more engagement, like recruiters were reaching out to me, different people were, you know, it, it, I just got a lot of attention for, mm -hmm. for creating those videos, posting them. Um, and so that, that said to me, okay. It's not enough to just know what you're talking about. You have to be able to display it and show it in some way and not yeah. be afraid to do it. So I think that's really been my biggest takeaway is like just getting on LinkedIn, showing your process, sharing what you're doing. Um, it, it can be scary. You don't want like criticism, like this one storyline thing that um, I think Alex posted I didn't post it myself, but I think Alex posted it to promote his e-learning launch um, okay. academy. And somebody poo-pooed on it and was like, <laughs> like rolled their eyes at, at, at my first, my very first storyline course. And of course that hurt my feelings. Of course, yeah. who's not going to like feel of bad course. about that. Mm -hmm. So there is always that, like, you know, when you post things, there's, there could be people out there who are naysayers, but I think at the same time, just sharing sharing what you're making, sharing your process is going to get you visibility for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's going to build your personal brand and is also maybe going to help other people who like to see the examples, because I know that was one of my biggest struggles going through this whole process. It's like, I don't, I haven't seen any example or I don't see enough examples of what good e-learning looks like, what a good portfolio looks like, yeah, what a good storyline interaction looks like. Like it's hard to, to get access to these things because so much of it is behind the NDA wall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That it's, it's really frustrating. So I think the more that people share their process on their own personal projects, you know, that is not behind a non-disclosure agreement. Right the richer it is for the community at large, but that's my soapbox. So <laughs> yeah, no, I'll wholeheartedly agree. Like that has been some of my process in the last um, really month, month and a half has been to really put myself and my work out on LinkedIn more. Uh, I tend to want to really like 
give accolades to other people who are doing amazing in the field. And the reality is I'm making some amazing strides as well. You need to put those things out there for the world to see. So I'm, I'm right there with you. It is a little vulnerable and scary at times. And I've seen some great fruit from, from that labor. Yeah. And, and maybe not everything we have to put out has to be super polished or like has to be amazing. It's, I think it's just even just sharing like, you know, this is just where I am right now is still valuable because mm-hmm. there, there's always, this is something I talked about with Cheryl Cooper too, when she was on our show is that like, there's always going to people be people who are ahead of you on the path. And there's mm-hmm. always going to be people who are behind you on the path. So right. the people who are just starting out is if all they ever see is like people who've been in doing this for 10 years, making amazing work and like, then that could be like, well, how do I get there? You know, but if they see people who are just a few steps ahead, that might be a little bit more like, oh, that's attainable. I can get there. I can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, so supporting people regardless of where you are in your journey. I've got one last question for you today. And that would be, what did you find most beneficial in your career search? Maybe it were, maybe it was specific tools or resources or even communities. Oh boy most beneficial in my career search? Well, if I'm like being super literal interpretation (laughs) of your question. Okay. You can take whatever interpretation you'd like. Yeah. I would have to say people like, like Mm. specifically individual people are coming to mind. Like Mm. I would not have gotten employed where I am without a specific person. Mm -hmm. Um, I would not have joined design by humanity um, and met so many other people through there Mm -hmm. without a specific person in my master's degree. So these people, I I don't know why I'm being vague, but like, Mm -hmm. um, so Jessica Ward was in my master's program and she was the one who said, Hey, this thing called design by humanity is starting. And I think you would, you'd be a good fit. So do you want to join me? And I said, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and that has been amazing. And through that, I've met so many amazing people. I've learned so much. And, um, and met Erica Zimmer, who was in Mm -hmm. my, my development team. And she's the one who literally recommended me. She was on a job interview Mm -hmm. and brought up my name. And then they contacted me for an interview and I got the job. So like, Mm -hmm. that's incredible. That's incredible. So like, I don't think in my career search in instructional design, None of this would have been possible on my own for sure. Like if I was just by myself, little island on LinkedIn, applying for jobs through, you know, job boards, no way. I never would have gotten to where I am. So I I remember you saying even after you got the job that you have now, maybe it was on LinkedIn, maybe it was in a personal conversation, but you just said networking works. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it makes sense because people want to work with people they know and people they trust. So, you know, if someone's vouching for you and saying you need to talk to this person, it makes sense that people would take that seriously, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll so I, I'm super grateful. And that has literally, aside from any resources or tools or classes or theory or anything else, people have gotten me to where I am in my career search. Mm-hmm. So 
Well, I will piggyback off that and say uh, you've been a great inspiration and help in my career search and in my professional development. And so thank you for all of the little ways and bigger ways that you've helped me and my trajectory. Oh, you're welcome. And I, I want to go back to the very top. I know we're sort of out of time, but um, to the very top of our conversation is that me, my, maybe the reason I remember you is just like reaching out to me on LinkedIn and nothing else before that hmm. is because my first impression of you was, was very positive. First of all, well, you. <laughs> well, I could tell you were like straight to business and you were very serious about what you're doing. So I could get that right away. And then you straight up just asked for a phone call. And then went on the phone call, you had so many interesting questions and you had so much to say that I was like, this girl's going places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, this girl, <laughs> I, I'm going to keep you close because I know you're going to go places. So I'm happy to, I'm happy to help you out. And, and I really don't think that you're going to be, I don't think your search is going to be uh, a long one. I'm sure you're going to find your place soon. So thank you, Leslie. That's very kind. You're welcome. You're welcome. She paid me to say this. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to try and come up with some smart remark, but I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. Well, I mean, I am the longest winded guest I've ever had on this show. (laughs) We'll give you a pass and only edit some of you out. (laughs) Yeah. Good thing that I get to edit myself. So. Um, well, thank you so much, Amy, for agreeing to do this kind of flipped, flipped classroom, I want to say, yeah. but it's not really a classroom, the flipped episode. Sure. Can I, cause I listened to all of your episodes. So I know this is a thing and usually the guests or the hosts ask, you know, how can people get in touch with you? Can <laughs> yeah. I ask myself, <laughs> Please. Amy, how can people get in touch with you? If you'd like to connect with me, there's two ways you can do so. Uh-huh. Uh, one is LinkedIn. Um, I'm Amy Patricic on LinkedIn. My last name is spelled P E T. R-I-C-E-K. And I told Leslie today, if she forgets how to spell it, it's the word pet, the word rice, and the letter K. And I also have my portfolio, which you can find me at www.amypatricic.com. Awesome. Well, you just saved me like so much effort having to ask you that question. (laughs) Well, you did a lot of work today, so I Uh... wanted to let you take a little break. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much again, Amy. You're most welcome, Leslie. We'll talk soon.